What's up, guys? It's Nick from the Arsenal Bros Podcast. Hey, we are here today to finish Season 1 of the Arsenal Bros Podcast. We wrap up the last season with our season review, and we already start talking juicy transfer rumors and transition into the 22-23 season, which we cannot wait for. Join me, Kevin, and Benji as we walk through it. Welcome back to the Arsenal Bros Podcast. We are enduring the wrath of hell this summer in the Midwest heat. But I am joined by Ben and Kevin. Benji, are you feeling the heat of the transfer window yet? Uh, Rafinha's got me all hot and bothered, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Steady. Might need to get you some AC. Kevin, staying cool? Doing my best, drinking some cold water right now. It's in the afternoon, so I can't really. I could have a an adult beverage if I wanted, but I would might need to seek help afterwards if that were the case. <laughs> it's freaking hot. It is. It's too hot to think about anything other than drinking water right now. Like I try to think about the transfer window as much as I can and refresh Twitter since I'm off for the summer, since I work at a school, but it, it's really easy to. Uh, Think about the weather when it's so hot. And, you know, that's right where we are right now. The It seems like in the last two days, the window's been open, what, two or three days now? And Arsenal Twitter is almost in full meltdown mode. <laughs> Everything is melting, whether it be from the heat or from our lack of movement already. At least we've signed somebody. I know. We we can't we can't say we've done nothing signing. People are ungrateful. Yeah, it and maybe it it feels different when <coughs> when it's a guy that we've never heard of until we were linked with him and he's a great player. I don't even I've never seen him play once, not even a highlight. But <laughs> but he's a great player. He's he he's our I can't player. Say he's the next to Martinelli, but he's probably the next Martinelli and. That's just a good feeling to know we've got him in our back pocket already. Just just chalk one up already. Already one signing in the bag. Hmm. So we are continuing with our season review slash summer preview. And here we are celebrating our first <laughs> signing. Just trying to stay cool as we anticipate the rest of the work. Kevin, I will hand it over to you. Let's do it. <coughs> the heat's getting to me, man. I'm dying over here. You've been smoking or COVID or what? I don't know. The, hopefully not the Rona. It's not supposed to be as bad in the summer. But either way, I think I've passed the worst of it. So we'll get going. Just We'll go back to my first question already. How are the two of you feeling with the way these first few days of the window have gone? I uh, I feel fine. I think it's early. There's internationals going on. I'm just not worried. And I don't think anybody needs to be worried. We have plenty of time to get guys in, integrate them, get them on board. And so uh, the business will happen. I think we'll see at least one signing by the end of June. And if we don't, we'll see one by the end of July. And so I think we're, we're we're in a fine place. I think I'm going to hit full panic if we don't have a big boy, you know. I mean, I guess I say that because we have signed Marquinhos, but I, I think I will hit panic if we don't have a senior squad start lockdown starter signed by the end of this month. So we've got we've got two weeks, and now that the internationals are done finally, thank God, what a waste of time. And, um, yeah, I, I hope things progress quickly, but I will not hold my breath. Yeah, and there's – I feel like the Telemans rumors have really picked up over the last 24 hours, especially. I know I woke up this morning and had a notification from Twitter saying that, like, the contract was – personal terms were agreed to and everything else. And so I loaded Twitter hoping to see some more stuff, and there was hardly anything about it. But even – as today's gone on, it seems like there's been more and more with that rumor. Would you, would the two of you consider him to be 
a big name signing for us? I would for sure. I think uh I think for his price, I mean rumored around twenty five million for his age and his profile. I think he you know, now we look look at a midfield of Odegaard Party and Tielmans and and I, I think him and Jaka really complement each other well. I think we can go um in teams where we're up against it a little bit. I think we can go um, Jaka and, and teams that we have the ball more of. I think we can go Tillman's and and now we can step into more games um, as we go into Europe and hopefully a deeper cup run. And I really think, you know, now we've added one in the midfield depth and, and maybe find a way to add another. But I think he, he raises the bar. Yeah, I agree. Um, just being able to watch more of him this last week and, and see he's just in the right spot. He's definitely more mobile than Chaka. Um, and so I think that will help as we progress quicker. Someone on Twitter I saw just posted this idea that a lot of the transfer targets were after have this ability to turn and go forward and progress the ball quickly. And so it looks like Arteta's plan, just based on rumors, will be pace and speed of play and trying to increase that um, to go along with the press. So I think Tielemans would be a, be a really good fit, and I would consider that a big signing. Anytime you can pry a starter away from a uh, top side in the Prem, I feel like that's a, that's a good sign. Absolutely, and I got to watch him a couple times with Belgium and was just – I think it's easy to be impressed when you want to be impressed by someone, but he looked – he looked dynamic and looked like he could add a quality to our midfield that I think we've been lacking just a little bit. So that's been exciting. Now that all these, I think I call it the Euros, now that all these Nations League games are done in Europe, any other kind of a non-Arsenal, an Arsenal-related question if you want, but any, any other thoughts from these last two weeks' worth of games? I'm glad they're over. That's yeah. my that's my main thought. I need I need our precious son Bukayo to to get a break. Smith Rowe, we need a lot of these guys to get a break because it's a huge season. With the World Cup too, it's just like uh these games are pointless. I think you talk to anybody and you know, especially you look at the US game, those are all friendlies. At least the Nations League had a, a title and something on it, but just ready for these to be done. I don't think there's another round of internationals until September. So we have June, July, and August. We have three months to celebrate none of those and, and hopefully just fully get this uh, transfer window for us um, really kicking soon. And I think the guys that didn't have internationals have, they start their preseason in two weeks or so. So excited mm-hmm. that hopefully soon, um, we'll get some of the squad back together. Yeah. I didn't really watch any international football. Didn't really plan on it. I just uh, didn't have time and trying to be outside more this summer. So what a guy. Yeah. Failing, but trying. (laughs) It's a, it's a good use of boundaries from Ben. I'm glad to see he's all he can. Yeah. Thanks, man. Absolutely. And then I think kind of moving forward in the transfer window, a lot of the panic seems to be due to the move or the moves that Spurs are protecting. They're finalizing things with um, Basuma. I don't know if that's done yet officially or not. It's always hard to know until it's announced, but that move's done. Supposedly they're in advanced talks with Richarlison. And I think that makes it harder on Arsenal fans when we've been linked with those guys. But I can't say that they were either of our top choices necessarily in the window. Would you guys agree with that sentiment? Yeah. yeah. I, Go ahead, Benny. I I think it, it's fine. Like, we haven't been linked with Basuma for a few months now. And sure, everybody in the Prem is interested in Richarlison. He's a great player. 
uh, doesn't mean we were seriously linked to them um, in a minute. And I think, you know, one thing on that I, I do think is important is the character of the guys Mikel's bringing in. And there's a lot of rumor, there's a lot of pending allegations against Basuma. And so I'm glad our uh, talks with him have cooled. And so I I just want to be cautious that just because a player is good doesn't mean he's a good fit for a young squad, a squad that's building, and a squad that's built on character. And so good luck, Spurs. Um, I hope it doesn't work out for you. And uh, they're also linked to Jed Spence, but I don't think... Um, that's a player that we super need. I don't know if he fits our high possession model at the right back. He's very athletic. He's very quick. He's good, but uh, we aren't playing a wingback system, and it seems like that's where he'll thrive the most, and so it makes sense that he would go to Spurs. Yeah, I I briefly joined the panic, but then realized I don't care what they're doing. I really don't care what anyone else is doing. I only care what we do. And with our young squad, adding anyone, I feel like it's going to improve us. So fully focused on on, on us. Right. I think that's a great way. A great way of putting it. And we've stopped, still got what we believe to be our number one priorities out there. So as long as those guys are out there, I think we're still still feeling pretty pretty good about where things are at so shifting a little bit more towards next season I know the Telemans rumors are really heating up let's talk about Granite Jaka and kind of the role we see going forward whether there's even rumors out there that he might not even be an Arsenal player next year where where do you see Granite fitting in next fall I really hope he stays with how close he was leaving last year. I think I think he has unfinished business. I think the Xhaka redemption story ends with us qualifying for Champions League and then he rides off into the sunset with his his business complete. I think like I said earlier, I feel like in games where we need some more steel in the midfield he will play and if we do get Tielemans, I feel like he plays against teams that um teams where we need to break them down a little more so that's how i see that um i think i i i think this is the last season we will use any of the double pivot um you know if if party is fit i think we're playing four three three the whole time but um if for some reason he's not then i would trust jaka in that role as well yeah, and I think another season of progression for Sambi, another season uh, of the inevitable El Nenny, that we have some players who can come in and play a double pivot. But uh, I really do hope we keep Shaka as well, but that we don't need to rely on him as much. I, the guys on the Arscast were saying, do you, can you see Shaka being an effective bench player? But from all report, and they said no, but I, from all the reports, he's a um locker room guy he kind of holds things together he's the unofficial captain and so i think it would be great to have him around the squad and still getting him major minutes because we'll be in so many competitions that we can truly have rotation and then not throw telemans into the fire right away so uh, again then we have cover at left back because we all know about kieran tierney's health we have cover at center back if needed. And so he's just so versatile that um, I think he's a great player to continue to invest in and bring in almost like a Jordan Henderson is at Liverpool. Right. Yeah. yeah I think as we transition leadership, having, you know, losing Aubameyang and Lacazette, our captain and vice captain, and we step into a new captain, I feel like having, you know, having our last, our last two guys over 25, essentially, that play significant minutes, Thomas Partey and Granit Xhaka, 
I feel like is, uh, I mean, you can add El Nini to that, but after that, it's uh, pretty limited um, in terms of experienced guys that we're counting on um, next season. So I think that adds more value to him than, than about anything else. And I think Ben, partly my follow-up question with Jaka, and that's just the some people out there don't think he can be a bench guy. And I think what we're going to start to see soon with our squad, hopefully with new signings, is you're no longer just going to have your set 11 anymore. And it's a number of guys you can choose from. And even if he's not starting every match, he I think is still a guy that can easily make that first team sheet. And there are zero complaints, zero concerns about it. And also I'll ask you this, like look at Liverpool's front three between Diaz, Sala, Mane, Jota, and then even Firmino, like who is their first choice three? You, I don't know that you can say. Right. Yeah. I think, that's the key with good teams. Good teams have good players that don't always play or don't always start. And that's the goal. Kevin, I know we've talked about that at length when coaching and recruiting. So I'm all for getting to a position where uh, things aren't as clear cut. I, I think Liverpool, I don't know. They, they seem to rotate um, still in big games. I mean, and that shows me that as much as they want or have a defined 11, they're able to play guys in certain games, in certain roles that they see needed. And that is certainly the goal that we can get there. Probably not after this window, but close to after the next one, we can get in a position, especially if we get Champions League and can afford to do that. I think being in a position where you have depth in nearly every position and then in certain games, if you need to play a certain style or you need to lock down a certain player, you have the guys to do that rather than our um, perfect 11 that we played so much this year um, have some flexibility with that. Yeah, I think those are great points. I, I All of the top sides can do that. Um, and so I, that's just what we're building towards. And that's where... Again, I hate to go back to it, but it feels like a missed opportunity in the January window to to maybe, yeah, we didn't get our number one target, but I think we could have built a little bit of depth uh, and maximized that window a little bit. But we did move some guys out, and Mikel did want a small squad to just be able to maintain and focus in. So I get the reasoning, but it seems like, okay, now we're under the gun a little bit to, to build that depth, and it's just going to take another season and that's okay as long as it doesn't compromise our champions league hopes again absolutely and continuing on with the arsenal midfield did you see or hear vincent company's comments on lakonga yeah he compared him to torre uh, which is huge just a guy who can see in Boston midfield. He said he called Mikel right away, and then he called Pep. So that was that was fun to hear. Just another guy who loves Mikel. Uh, just talking up Sambi as, as a guy who's going to be freaking fire. Yeah, I think I think Sambi's taking some serious heat, and I've I've seen so many fans calling for a loan, and I'm just shocked in his first season in a top five league, and he's already a Belgium international with the senior squad. And yet all I'm hearing is loan for Sambi need to replace him. And yeah, really, really not a fan of that because I think as we, especially in the fall, we saw some immense talent and, you know, he got put in a position where he was going to have to fill in for party numerous times during AFCON and uh, late spring when he was hurt and I don't think that's fully on him because I think we were trying to figure out a lineup um, with Shaka, and it was a mess. But I, uh, yeah, he needs to stay. And Europa is going to be so good for him. So we need to 
we need to see him ball out uh, in Europe this year. Yeah, I think we talk all the time about young guys getting a chance in the Europa League group stages and some of the early cup ties. Just thinking academy guys, but I think Sambi, who has done it on a few different levels, has come in and played in the Prem. I think he's going to really take off in the Europa League, and I think we could see uh, just the for the full potential of him uh, coming out. And so I I think he's one of the guys who could make a, a big leap over the course of next season. Yeah, anytime, anytime I see a guy compared to Yaya Toure, it jumps out at me. I think when he was at his peak with City, he was one of the most dominant players I've ever seen in the in the prem so i was very pleasantly surprised by by that comment and ben you used the phrase making making the biggest leap which arsenal player next season do you see making the biggest leap this year i know this year we had a number of guys really improve martinelli was one um odegaard's improvement was massive and when we look towards the end of next season if we were to put these answers into a time capsule, who would who would be the Arsenal guy who makes the biggest leap next year? Probably Pepe, right? Oof. Ouch. Too soon. Too soon. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Nick, we'll you, want to, you want to take this one? Oh, yeah. Well, I've been thinking about this. I think we look at three years ago with Europa again, we see Saka take the leap and then two years ago last season um it was smith Rowe coming in um boxing day and being massive the rest of the season this past season i think the biggest leap was eddie um and i think that is proven by him signing his new contract hopefully uh winston's so excited uh for eddie to sign his contract if you could hear so Hopefully that happens. But, yeah, this year I think I'm either going to go Sambi because I think he's going to be in an environment where he can easily and comfortably grow. Or um, in terms of the academy, I think Patino makes that jump. I actually think he gets a lot of time at that left eight um, in the 4-3-3 in Europe. So could definitely, definitely see it being one of those two. I definitely see it being a midfielder with those two, but I think, I mean, Kessie, you mentioned it. I mean, just the guys I mentioned, Saka, Smith Rowe, you look at Joe Willick um, in the work that he did in the Europa group stages. You can add Reese Nelson. You can add just Balogun getting it before. You know, I really wish we would have had it last year because um, it was so good to get these guys some games and games that we can win with them as well. So, I think we're. I think we might see multiple guys make a leap, and you know that just adds to the quality of depth that we have, and that we desperately needed this last year. But I think that sets us up well if somebody goes down. Yeah, i I think I think you're right, and I think the players you listed are all great candidates. I. Could it be William Saliba making a giant leap for us? You know, he's already played really well. Could he be the guy who comes in and just takes our breath away? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. It'll be tough. I'm, I'm hearing more and more that he's probably going to play right side and center back, um, which is where Benny Blanco's playing. And so uh, it'll be interesting just to see how that plays out. But I, I actually think we'll see another level from from Gabriel Martinelli. I think he is going to really blossom um, and take another leap and just start scoring goals. He's been in so many positions and uh, could really just, if he puts on his finishing boots a little more precisely, I think, oh boy, look out. I Yeah, I like that shout of Martinelli and, I think it was on the Ars cast, I can't, or maybe something else I was listening to, but they had mentioned the responsibility of a big number, and I know it's just a number, ultimately, but that number brings an expectation. Saka getting the seven 
Um, and we've seen him be player of the year twice in a row with that Smith row with the 10. We saw him take a, a major step and reach double digit with goals. Now we'll see Martinelli with 11. And I just think it's a little something extra. There's an expectation, you know, as young as they are, they're seen as franchise players now. And I think there's an expectation to play like that. So I, I don't think it's because of the number, but I think the trust in them that they know the boss appreciates them that they're staying around and because of that number they're going to have to put in the numbers uh, for that yeah and you know what's wild about this conversation is that we've named so many players and the two guys that come to mind for me weren't even mentioned by either one of you and i think that shows oh the youth that we have in our squad and how we don't have anyone that's peaked and is going to be starting their decline anytime soon so th the two guys that i see number one i think ben white with a, another full year starting at center back i think the confidence is going to come for him and i think we're going to see his best stuff throughout all of next next season and then the other guy this maybe i don't know if this will be controversial or too obvious of an answer but I think that at the end of next season, Saka will be in the conversation for Player of the Year in Ooh. the Premier in in the Premier League, and wow. I know I think he was on the short list this year already, but didn't even win Young Player of the Year, so a little bit disrespected, in my opinion. I think we're just going to see him take that leap and win us games on his own next year. I think he'll be that good for us. Yeah, I think if he gets a little help, we get a center forward. We get Tillman's, maybe a winger to um, balance him on the other side. I just any more depth. Um, I, I think that only benefits him even more. Yeah. The, the hardest leap to make is from star to superstar. And we have a star. I mean, we call him star boy, but... To go full superstar at 21, that would be impressive. Uh, and that's a, that's a heavy weight to carry. So if he has a terrible season, we know that we need to just uh, blame Kesky. And when he's on the shortlist for FIFA Footballer of the Year, you can send me a fruitcake. I will. I will bake it whatever. Myself. Maybe a canary since we didn't get those. <laughs> no, they're dead to us. Yeah. No canaries needed. Sorry. Was... I'll buy a star for you, Kevin. Once again, it was too soon. <laughs> we can name a star after Kevin. Yes, I love <laughs> the it. Kevin Saka, st Saka star. Yes. yes. I'll just do the NASA thing. You love like to it. hear it. So, Captain is going to be a big discussion this summer. And there's rumors on Twitter. There's rumors for everything on Twitter. Let's put first things first. But obviously, Obama Yang's gone. Lacazette is gone. Who do you see wearing the armband next fall? And who do you think's in contention for that? I think, I think in contention, we have Odegaard, obviously, Kieran Tierney. Um, you know, I think they're still doing that leadership council or leadership group of the five players. Yeah, which I I'm a big fan of that. Um, I think the main two in contention, realistically, is Odegaard and Tierney. I'm quite confident it'll be one of those two, and I'm actually quite confident it'll be Odegaard just because of Tierney's injury issues. Um, you know, Odegaard has been mentioned as the manager on the pitch and well that's that's hard to hard to argue i know ramsdale joked that he was a teacher's pet but you can tell how into this stuff he is and i think arteta uh in him or uh, i think arteta probably sees a lot of him in odegaard um not exactly the same players but you know they wear the same number i know that was joked about and i don't know i think there's a, there's definitely a level of understanding and trust in odegaard that i think might not be um, 
in other players. But I think I'd give a shot for Ben White. I love center backs with the armband just because, you know, their defense first. They, um, it's just a, a mentality that comes. And it's, I think it's easier to lead when you're not always doing something like Odegaard is. Um, but I think in this case, um, Odegaard is certainly the guy. I'd also give a shout to Saka, but he's way too young to be considered. And I would even say in three, four years, maybe, but too much pressure. Everyone knows he's just a wholesome being and, um, an incredible player, but I don't think something that he needs. So I think Odegaard's easily our guy. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, especially because he had the the armband a lot to end the season. Yeah, it's kind of a, a cop-out answer, but I definitely think he's got the most qualities for it. Yeah. I think, though, I actually don't see Ben White as, as someone who would be in that, that group, leadership group, and as a guy who would work well with the captain's band. Just the way his personality is, he has some intense moments, but it seems like he wants to do things differently and is, is pretty laid back, pretty relaxed, uh, that I think almost like he's he plays definitely connected to the other guys, but not in a way where he's constantly leading. I would actually see Gabrielle is taking mm. on that mantle a little bit more. And so I would see him maybe in line, even over the others, if he could brush up on his English a little bit better. That would be interesting. I do like that, that shout. And I feel like if we, uh, if we continue to get all these Brazilian players, then maybe there's something more to that. Yeah. I've, I've heard the Gabrielle rumor this summer, and I also saw one that I'll go ahead and rule out. I saw Rob Holt being captain, and I will I will go on record and fully rule that out myself, that that will not happen. And one of the other names, he wore the armband before, is Jaka. Do you think there's ever a time next season where he has the armband on during a match? I wouldn't be shocked if he wears it, but he's definitely not starting many games, if any, with it. I think if Odegaard's in, he wears it. If Tierney's in, which is, I know, touch and go, uh, and Odegaard's not, then he would. I wouldn't be shocked to see Xhaka wear it at any point, but I think he knows his days of being that guy with it or maybe over, and I think he's even passing on the torch by letting somebody else do it, but I do think... Um, obviously we've talked about how much respect the guys have for him. So yeah, I think, uh, he, he doesn't even need it to do it. So that's where I'm at with it. Absolutely. And one of the, I think one of the biggest qualifications to wear the armband is just having that experience as a leader, as a guy on the field. And one of the areas with, in terms of the transfer window that's been highly talked about and debated between Arsenal fans has been whether experienced signings are needed. Where where do the two of you fall on that discussion? Do you think that Arsenal need to add some guys you could call vets, prem proven guys who've been around for years who can come in and kind of help this younger squad? Or do you think we're we're good signing more youth as we call it i think that we need to kind of find that middle ground there of experienced signings who are also in the age range of the where the squad's going and building towards i i don't think we'll take any risks on guys who are 30 31 32 even though that could help for half a season uh, i just think we're going to be more decisive and locked into that 24 to 26 range and try to get some players in who have been doing it at the senior level have definitely more experience more statistical uh repertoire and then um they'll be able to definitely help bring along and have some of that that real world big game experience for some of the younger guys but that they're not so disconnected in, in, in their late 20s or 30s. 
Yeah, I think you look at last window and about everyone was 23 or under. And I think you look at the guys who are linked to heavily, Tielemans, Gabriel Jesus, Rafinha, even Zinchenko. These are guys mid-20s now um, and prim proven. I know we joke about it so much, but I do think it's a thing. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. We're getting guys that have three or four top flight seasons, but aren't, you know, seasoned veterans in upper 20s. You have mid-20s, so we're getting them in their peak years. And um, maybe, you know, they're not 23 and established already, but their mid-20s are 24, 25, 26, um, and maybe not as expensive as those guys before their peak were getting guys in peak years. So, yeah, I, I agree with Ben, kind of a combination of both, but you can see how the window already um, looks different. I know he signed Marquinhos, definitely one for the future, very similar to Martinelli one, but in terms of um, guys that, we're signing to make an impact. Um, last year's window was one thing. And I think we've, we look like we're about to take the next step. Um, this window, we're getting mid twenties with, um, more experience. So we'll see who we end up landing. Yeah, both. I think both of you sum that up really well. And you look at Gabriel Jesus and T. Bonds, both of them literally 25 years old. So right in that window, but both guys who have been in so many huge games, Jesus's games go speak for themselves with City, and then Tilemon scored the game-winning goal in the FA Cup a year and a half ago, and has played in so many big games with with Leicester that he just he adds experience into into that squad, and I think that is when you talk about experience, the exact the exact qualifications that I would be looking for as an Arsenal fan. And one of the other young guys we have that has a lot of experience is Smith Rowe. And his future has been another hotly debated topic within the fan base. Where, where do you see him fitting in and impacting next fall? Obviously a little bit of it depends on who we sign but do you see him primarily out on the left like he was this year, moving centrally, maybe as cover for Odegaard at the 10 or even dropping down to the 8? I know there's been lots of talk about that. Where do you see Smith Rowe fitting in to the squad this fall? That's a great I, question. Yeah, for sure. I, it's hard to know because I just always saw him at the 10. And I think we saw that early on, him and Odegaard flipping and flopping back and forth, but then this season really just spending time out on the left wing. And so um, it looks like we're trying to sign another forward, like Gabriel Jesus could can play anywhere across the top. And so that's just more depth at a position where I'm just not sure how to see it. I really do think he's going to start to move inside and start to, to compliment at the eight or the 10. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot and I think it's the biggest question that the club, maybe the biggest behind finding a center forward, but I think it's the biggest question the club has to answer um, is where, where Smith Rowe going to play? Because yeah, you're right, Ben. If we sign another attacker, we've been linked with Rafinha. If we get him and Jesus, or even just one of them, you somebody's getting pushed down. And I think, I do think it's Smith Rowe to back to the midfield because I think he has the ability to go off the half turn, go off the dribble, um, create more than anyone on the front line. I just think when we've seen him in that left eight, he's really struggled, and I'm not exactly sure why that is. Probably because he's never had to play too much out wide because he's always probably been the best player in the team, so centrally is always a good spot for him. And I think we've seen him thrive out wide because he's had so much time and space. So I 
it, it's interesting if we keep the 4-3-3 where we see him because Odegaard and Partey aren't moving. And then you look at that left eight and we're linked with Tielemans and Havjaka. It's like, how does he get in? And again, I think it's, I think he's a work in progress to see where his skill set continues to develop. You know, there's still the false nine shouts. Who knows? I mean, I mean, he's got a potential where he could play all three front positions and all three midfield positions, maybe at a higher ability than anyone else. I don't think we have that type of versatility in the squad outside of Saka. Now, maybe he's not the best center forward or holding mid like party but i do think if you threw him in there he could probably get a job done and now i think it's just a matter of where does he thrive and it will be interesting i i don't have an answer for that i do think it's in the midfield but i have no idea where and um i'm very interested to see his development next year i have a spicy question for us bring the heat let's hear it was he granted the number 10 shirt too soon? Does he have a place in this squad long-term? Absolutely. I, there's no doubt in my mind. He, he brings, similar to Sokka, I know Sokka's blown up, but I do think Smith Rowe has a skill set that is so unique, and I think that was shown by Southgate picking him um, in in fairness, I do think he should make the England team this winter, but I don't think he will, um, which selfishly I'd be okay with. But he has a skill set to do that, and he has a talent that I don't think we've seen. I think last year, most of the season, he was struggling with injuries, um, was in and out of the team. Um, I'm afraid for him in regards to that, of just for his injuries, but... I do think if he gets a run in the team for a while, it's uh, he's really going to show what he's made out of. I, I definitely think he's he's worthy of it. And Kev, what about you? Oh, man, it's a great question. I, I don't know. I wish I could give you an answer. I'm the, I'm the, I don't, not the narrator. I'm the moderator today. Way to walk it. <laughs> Which makes me able to opt out of things. Not that I want to opt out of that, but he's a guy that I hope is around long-term. We've seen him go from the academy into the first-team squad and be such a dynamic player for us over over these last two years or so, especially changing last season or season and a half ago when he came on against Chelsea when we were in a bad run of form and has been somewhat of a star for us since then. And and you asked that question just because he seemed to especially fade over the second half of this season. I don't remember much contributions from him, basically from like January, January on. What do you think was the cause of that? I know Nick mentioned potentially an injury niggle what what were the reasons you think that he seemed to fade yeah i i really do think it was an injury and i i think i think giving him the 10 is fine i think that was a good call it's a commitment to youth it's a building project he's shown just how good he is I do think that this season will be a, a really big season for him to bounce back and uh, have a little bit more um, pressure on him to produce consistent, consistently. But if we, we look back, that December run from him, I mean, he scored in uh, a, a ton. He scored from October... To December, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven goals, eight against Tottenham. So uh, that that's a huge run in a half of a season, and we have to remember he is only twenty-one. But to get eight goals, um, I think that does show the promise he has, and I, th- I think there are really big things coming from him that justify the ten. But I do feel like there's actually more pressure on him 
to perform than than more players in the squad. Yeah, and it's so hard to replicate goal scoring form like that. Look at the year Salah had and the last few months of the season, he didn't produce a ton for Liverpool. And it shows you how difficult that is to do that day in and day out, especially when you are the age that Smith Rowe's at. I think part of it too is Smith Rowe asking for it. I think he wants to take that step. And I think he wanted to show his commitment and his desire to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm all for it. And yeah, I do think there was an injury issue. Honestly, I think part of it, he might be continuing to grow into his body and he, he's only what 21, like you said, and that's a junior in college. And that's crazy to think about, but you know, he, I, this season was his first full season in top flight football and plagued with injuries. But I, I think we got to just continue to give him time. Saka's this is his, this was his second full season and he got even a little bit more before that. When Saka started to break out in Europa, um, Smith Rowe was out on loan. So, I, I think he's just a little behind in terms of his development here at at Arsenal with the first team, but I do think uh, he's not far away. I think that, yeah, this next season's a big one for him for sure, but interested to see how he does. Yeah, and speaking of Europa, the the success we've seen over the past two or three years, wh- whether you want to call our season successful or not, has largely been driven by youth. And there's certainly some bright faces in our youth system. What what young guns do you see making the leap next year? Yeah, Nick mentioned Charlie Patino as one he thinks could have a breakout season. And I I that's a great a great shout. I hope that there's, I think with the Europa League, we'll see some more consistency. I'll be interested to see uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey. Uh, I think that's how you say his name? Yes. <laughs> I looked it up like two minutes ago because he was my answer to this. So you can have this thunder and I will sit back and. Yeah. He, uh, he won the uh, like merit scholarship. Ah, shoot. I had it in front of me and then I just closed out of the tab. He's like the Academy Player of the Year. Yeah, Academy Player of the Year. He was on loan and had a great spell for them. They, um, He was featured on the Arsenal Instagram. And so, yeah, Scholar of the Year is what it's called. Um, and so I think that there's a huge, like just a ton of promise for him at right back. Uh coming in and and playing as as we see we're going to need rotation there and i like him already more than i like cedric and i really haven't been able to see him play much and so uh, i think that it would be really fun to see him start to take a leap yeah Yeah. and the the thing about norton cuffy is physically he is ready to go and i think that goes a long way into seeing seeing those guys make the leap from from the youth team into the top team. I'll be interested to see if he gets a chance or if he is loaned out again, maybe to a championship team and get a full season. Or I, I don't think a Premier League loan for him is a smart move yet, but I, I, he's right there. And, yeah, I'll be interested to see if – I doubt he gets a, a chance. I think a loan would be smart, um, but I know – yeah, we'd all be pretty excited if he, uh, if we could get him in there soon. But I think he's a year or two away. Uh, yeah, I think Europa will be big for the youth. I think um, Marcelo Flores could really um, maybe surprise a lot of people. I mean, he's already a full Mexican international now, and his stock is really, really rising. So very excited about him. Uh, midfielder probably an attacking mid so I think we could see him out wide um, but yeah very excited about him and we'll be interested to see 
what his Europa campaign looks like. Yeah, Flores is another guy that there's so much so much buzz around. And I think that with all these guys, it'll be interesting to see what moves are made in terms of loaning them or keeping them because those Europa games can be so valuable. And a, a guy like Norton Cuffey or Balogun could have the chance to play in a lot of those group stage games in Europa. Maybe the the Capital One Cup games starting off the year. And then when January rolls around, you make that decision of likely at that point, they're not going to get much first team football, just like Balogun this season. And you find a team in the championship that needs, needs bodies, needs talent and send them off and let them blood themselves a little bit there. Yeah. I think as much as, we're disappointed about Europa. We can justify it for sure to cope with it. But yeah, I'm excited to see these guys for sure. Yeah. Is that um, it? Do we have any more questions, host? host no, the there's most? more. I was just making sure none of you fools had anything had anything else to say. One of the I, names we, we haven't talked about is, uh, Nick talked about him earlier, is do you think Patino, Patino will get first team football this year, or do you think he needs a season to be loaned out? I think he's, I think he's got the Phil Foden treatment to where he's not going anywhere and he's staying. I think that's how much they value him, and I really think they think he's really special. Um, again, talking about guys just growing into their body, he looks massive. He, um, there's a picture of him and David Beckham on his Instagram account. And I was like, wow. He, I mean, he, you see them growing up because they're not an age working at a high school. I mean, by the time they start a year and end of the year, they look different. And Patino's looking like that. Now he's looking like, wow, this guy, he's not, he, you can just see him growing up and he's not a boy anymore. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's going to get the Phil Foden treatment in, whereas loans could be beneficial for others. I think uh, I think they're going to keep him around, and I, I could I think we could really see a lot of him this year. And he had lots of difficulties with injuries the second part of last season, but I think we'll get a lot of him for sure. So, yeah, it would be great to see to see him out there. Just like another academy guy, I think is it's just really special, and I think that's one of the cool things about following a big club is sometimes you don't get to see that because of all the money injected in. But it seems like uh, where we are as a club, where we do still have that focus on having a really good academy. I think it's more now than ever too. I think we talk about Smith Rowe getting the ten, Saka getting the seven. You know, as much as that's for their talent and kind of came with their contracts, I think part of it is uh, you showing to hail in like, hey, this could be you. These were these guys. They were in your spot four or five years ago, and now this is your chance. So I I think uh, I think we continue to see – I mean, you could say the same about Eddie and Kedia now. All these guys that I had mentioned making a step, I think uh, – I think this is just a, a testament to Hale and, and I think we're seeing more and more guys. I mean, we've talked about a lot of guys being candidates to make the jump. Flores, Omari Hutchinson, haven't even mentioned his name. Patino, Brooke Norton Cuffey, um, Saliba, not an academy guy, but we have this next crop of guys coming up and uh, Flo Balligan, um, Mika Beareth, guys that got – onto the bench last year, but now with Europa, they're going to be getting some minutes and they're not all going to make it, but I think Hale end is getting to a point where um, it's really starting to produce a great crop. And I think Europa um, will see that refined even more. And uh, that's an exciting time to be a fan for sure. We talk about how young our team, I mean, the youngest team in the league. And then you look at this next generation coming through it's really hard not to see this plan, but need to be patient with it as well. 
Yeah, o- Omar Rekic too, another one. I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't hear you say him, and I think that's part of what's exciting. And right now, if you are a young talent, who, what team do you want to do you want to join? What academy do you want to join? I think Arsenal have a lot going for them, a lot going for them in that regard. And we we will go with one final final round of questions right here. So I'm just going to name some current Arsenal squad guys that some would consider castaways, whatever you want to phrase you five, five to 10 seconds for each guy to give me your thoughts going into next season. So the first name, Nick, we'll start with you. Ashley Maitland Niles. Ashley. Ansley. Jeez, the disrespect. I know. See, I, I briefed this well, didn't I? (laughs) <laughs> this is what happens when I try and speed things up. Man, you got to stop drinking so much water. Yeah, steady. The adult waters. Now, I uh, I am a huge Maitland-Niles fan and was disappointed. And I don't want to hinge on it too much. We could look back and see we lost the season when he left because he could have stayed. I don't think he stays linked with Forrest. Really wish he would stay and commit to it um, because I think he'd be huge. But I think... Uh, I think he's on his way out, unfortunately. All right, Benny, Reese Nelson. Uh, I think he comes back for the summer, fights for a place, fails, and we ship him out on another loan. Interesting. I like it. Nick Gwendozy, however yeah. you want to say his name. See ya. I want to never see him. I mean, we won't. It's. I think. I think the loan was an obligation to buy and – he continues to drag Arsenal's name around in the mud. We are living rent-free in his curly-headed brain, and I think uh, there's obviously some bad blood still, and he uh, he probably feels like he deserved a chance. He wasn't bad with us, um, but he couldn't apologize for some of it, his antics and hasn't grown past that. So uh, if Mikel doesn't want him in his... Uh, youthfulness we can call it around then i'm okay with him leaving for sure i think his comments about saliva was the final nail in the coffin and that was a long 10 seconds by the way yeah forgive me we will move time to ben now nuno i think he stays i think with everything going on uh, just hard to picture getting another left back in um maybe it'll happen but I would say 60-40, he stays versus getting loaned out. I do not think we sell him. If we do, I would be pretty upset. Yep, I'm with you there. The next one, one of my low-key favorite Arsenal players scored one of my favorite all-time Arsenal goals. A guy who I think could potentially get some minutes for us next year, adding some depth in the midfield, Lucas Carrera. Ooh, Yeah just came out and said that he will not be staying at Fiorentina. It seems like they dropped the ball with that. I wouldn't mind him staying, but if he stays in place, he's getting in the room um, of a young player's development in the way of a young player's development. So I think, uh, I think we just got to find another loan or hopefully find a buyer. But I, uh, yeah, I think he's on his way out and should be. For sure. And we'll go two more names here real quick. Ben, back to you. I'm giving you all the defenders. We have Cedric. Oh, I hope he's gone. I hope somebody buys him. Anyone. Just a million dollars. Take him. That's it. I just. He had a couple good games. If he stays, it'll be fine. But definitely my least favorite Arsenal player in the squad. Oh, poor guy. Which I don't hate him like if if he came on the pod i would be super kind to him like he's fine i will just love the rest of the squad do you think so. he'd be kind when he knows that he you're he's your least favorite player on the team probably not i'm so sorry cedric i Thank don't know you. i don't what can i do to make it up to you <laughs> cedric to me feels like that frozen pizza that's at the bottom of the freezer and you look at it and you're like, you know what? Someday I might eat that. And, but ultimately it, it just sits there and doesn't get replaced. And 
it'll be useful on occasion, maybe probably for one meal. But other than that, not not too much. Um, what about Nick? Going back to you, Rob Holding. Uh, I'd like him to stay, um, and because of my leadership comment that I made, I do think this could be easily his last season. Saliba will come in as the third center back and maybe pushing harder. And I think eventually Tomiyasu becomes center back cover. And I think holding will be surplus to needs. I mean, I love him and he's had great memories, but I think his time is coming to an end. I think him and Cedric, this is their final go around. For sure. And then last name of this lightning round back to Benny Balligan. Ah, man, that's a tough one. I could, it'll be interesting to see. It looks like Eddie's re-signing. And so the Balagun and Ketia debate competition will, will rage on. I think a season long loan for him to get really adjusted into a, maybe a a low level prem or a high level championship guide would be really good for him. I, I think just one more season of playing against men would be good before he comes into our side. Yes. Appreciate that. And then we will go one quick bonus question. I know we've got to get going and go back to our normal lives, but I want you to name a current player in the transfer market that has not been heavily linked with Arsenal, but you could see potentially wearing the red and white next season. And for me, I like Cody Gakpo. Out of the oh, man. out of the out of the Dutch league, I think that league is so un. And a guy who can play all three spots up front would be a great move. Would be a great move for Arsenal to make. So quickly, a name from each of you. That's great, Kevin. Uh, I think that's a that's a great name. I don't I don't know if either of us would have mentioned him. I, to be honest, that's who I was. Yeah, you know, you guys are the worst. <laughs> did I did I steal your name, Nick? <laughs> I didn't know you liked Gakpo, Nick. You've never I talked t- about it before. You know, all this flack, including Pat, who will listen to this, all this flack, and I guarantee you, wherever he will go, he is going to bang goals in, and we're going to be like, I hope that's with us. But if it's not, eventually I'm going to expect an apology from every one of you. Um, and uh, while he's hoisting the Ballon d'Or, I, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he is so talented. He fits the profile in every way. He's, he's got height. He's got pace. He's young. He's a leader banging in goals. So Dutch international team, as I had to remind Kevin of. So just, just keep on hating and you better hope we get him or else we are going to wish we did. I will leave it at that. I'm I'm glad to hear the support for that name I bring forward. Ben, anyone else that you would <laughs> throw in there? Uh, I, like in the last 48 hours, have fell in love with uh, Christopher Nkunku. Um, I think he is uh, pretty stellar and can play in a lot of different positions across the front as a second striker in the 10 role. Uh, it's super adaptable. He's played a couple different systems and under a couple different managers and has produced at a high level. So uh, I think that would be, that'd be great to, to get in Kunku. Yeah. Emery was actually really a fan and really tried to get him because he was at PSG and um, maybe Emery was cooking something and uh, just didn't get a chance. All right. Well, Kevin, thanks for another uh, stellar hosting job. You're, you're going to come take my job soon, aren't you? Those are your shoes are too big for me to. <laughs> I could never, never fully do it. Benji, I think it's going to be your turn soon. Great. Would love it. Well, the bar has been set pretty low by me and pretty high by Kevin. Oh, um, man. I hope I can be super average. Fair enough. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this is our 18th episode. And I think from here, we'll close this with season one of the Arsenal Bros pod, because from here, 
I think we're transitioning into season two as we plan more for next season. So it, it's been a fun ride. We we survived a podcast season and um, we're better because of it. So looking forward to the next one. So congrats, guys. Yeah. And you know what? Hopefully next pod we're opening it with news of a big signing, maybe Telemans. I'll put that little prediction out there. By the time we record again, he will be an Arsenal man. I love that. Yeah, that's fun. I think last pod you said by the time we record, we'll have made a, a signing, and and we have. So, <laughs> and you go two for two. Marquinhos, big name. No doubt. All right. Well, for Ben and host Kevin, I am Nick. Thank you for listening to episode 18 and season one of the Arsenal Bros. We'll close there, but we will join you again soon with hopefully another man in red and white soon. So thanks for listening. Take luck. What'd you say? (laughs) Did you say take luck? Yeah. (laughs) That shows your Irish side. It's an old Brian Regan joke. There you have it. If you listen this far, you've completed season one of the Arsenal Bros. If you've completed this, let us know on Twitter at the Arsenal Bros. We have a gift for you. We'd love to get that to you. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for Kevin for jumping in as host. Benji will make his hosting debut soon, and we'll be back with you soon, hopefully with some transfer updates. We'd love that. But thanks so much for supporting the pod. We're just here for kicks, but. We have a good time with the team that we love. Thanks so much, everyone.